Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His words so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. See, when those thoughts come, I can either say, good, I'll just act on it, or I'm going to reject it. Free will. God says right here, I want to do life with you. I want your life because the way you think, you're, notice, the way you think it's going to affect your children and your grandchildren. Parents, this is huge. They're watching. And so God says, please choose life. Don't choose death. Please choose blessings. Don't choose cursing. There are so many voices giving us very good advice. Those voices are filling our minds with many words of wisdom. The problem is that not everything we hear is what God would want us to hear. He's given us the best piece of wisdom and it will never steer us wrong. God's Word shows us the path to travel. It fills our minds with wisdom from God. When Satan tries to fill our mind with lies, we need to pray and ask God for wisdom from the most useful tool. We should read His Word daily, hear it, and proclaim it in worship. He will replace those wrong thoughts with the Word. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Psalms, chapter 119, verse 105, with the conclusion of our message entitled, The Battle for Our Minds. God's Word contains His pattern for living. This is how we're to live. So, here's the key. If you're never in the Word, other than this service, every week maybe you can come. But you're never in it yourself. You're going to have a very difficult time understanding, well, that isn't from God. I'm not asking you to memorize it. It's simple. The Spirit will help you. But see, we have to do our part. My whole goal as a pastor, all the pastors here, we have one goal. To help you learn to teach yourself the Word of God. To hear from God. See, it isn't for a pastor. You can't call me or another pastor every time you have a question. And what should I do? That's impossible. By the way, I can't answer you. I'm not God. But God can answer you. And He wants to answer us. So we're going to have some fun now, but and I don't want people laughing as I go through this, other than a few times. I'll, I'll tell you when to laugh, okay? Is that all right? Because we always have lots of unbelievers here in Melbourne and Veer and Sebastian and guys watching online for sure. And, and you, you've never opened the Bible. And so don't expect to answer most of these questions correctly because you don't know them. So we don't look down at you all. All of us have been there. Can I hear an amen? We've all, we knew nothing about the Bible, basically, other than, you know, maybe the 23rd Psalm, and that's because we went to five funerals. Other than that, we don't know anything about the Bible. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We're going to have fun together. You ready? Can we have fun in church? Okay, good, good. I want you to tell me our thoughts that I read. Are these thoughts from God either yes 
or no? In other words, is, is this a godly thought that matches the Bible? Either yes or no. I begin with this one. Number one. Now, all the campuses, get ready. I can be sexually active before I get married. Now, is that thought from God? Is it a yes or a no? Now, some of you are brand new going, what's he talking about? <laughs> well, that's because you don't know. It's okay. It's okay. I'm going to answer every one of these with a biblical principle. See, it comes from the Bible, not from me. First Corinthians 6. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Stay pure until you're married. God's way. Well, Pastor Mark, I don't believe that. You'll suffer the consequences. I'm sorry. You say, well, God's a prude. No, no. He designed sex, but within a husband and a wife. Now, lots of people have had problems with this. We all have. We have lust. We have all kinds of things. So don't get too proud. Just watch it. Now, here's another one. I can marry my unbelieving boyfriend or girlfriend. Is that a yes, that's okay with the Bible, or a no? No. no. Now, there's some more of you going. Maybe it turns a bye. <laughs> what does that mean? Let me read to you. Do not be mismatched with unbelievers. One translation says, don't be unequally yoked. For what partnership is there between righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship does light have with darkness? So, the Bible says in Amos 3.3, can two people walk together unless they agree? Now, I've been counseling for more than 50 years. And I can tell you, it never changes. Lots of people will come in and say, Pastor Mark, we'd like to get married. And so we have them fill out forms and all that kind of stuff. And they say this, uh, you both believers? Well, no, my, I think my boyfriend or girlfriend, they, they believe in God, but no, they're not into the religious thing and whatever. And I say, I'm sorry. Uh, I can't marry. It has nothing to do with Calvary Chapel. Uh, I have to go to the Word of God. Now, why would God say both people need to be walking together with God as the head of their marriage? Because that's the only way marriage works. So I can't marry them. He said, Pastor Mark, that's stupid. No, I've watched it for 50 years. You go against this, and almost every single time, there's divorce shortly. So why does God say this? It's not limiting. It just means date a believer, somebody that really knows God. And let me give you a little clue. Everyone that attends church isn't really a God-fearing person. Some of them come looking for a good-looking chick or a buff guy. Can I hear an amen at all our campuses? That's exactly right. When you come to me, we'll take care of that. All right, now, next. I can hide some income and not report it to the IRS because they already have too much of my money. Yes or no? Remember that. In April. Am I right? Does it ever come to our mind? Of course it does. Look what they're doing, that stupid money. What a waste. I'm paying for this and all. I'm not going political, don't worry. The, both sides are crazy as loons. They don't know God. You know, we used to think, well, this party knows God, this party. They just don't know God. And we have few. It's difficult, isn't it? So, what does the Bible say? This is not a difficult one. You shall not steal. Finish. Case closed. Next. I refuse to forgive a person who hurt me deeply. 
See, it's getting less as we move through some of these. (laughs) Matthew 6, I'll talk about the stronghold of unforgiveness and bitterness. Listen to what Jesus says. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Hard, isn't it? See that thought and not forgive them because they, we all get hurt. Life happens. We, we all get hurt. People, relatives, friends, whatever. Church, for sure. I'm not forgiving them. That thought is not from God. That thought is from Satan. Next. Ladies and young ladies, married or not married, you ready for an amen in this one? Get ready. Get ready for a big amen. If your boyfriend's with you or whatever, or husband, here it is. This, is this from God or not? My husband or my boyfriend is going to take me to a nice restaurant for dinner this week. Here we go. See all those ladies and girls? I claim that in the name of Jesus right, right there. I claim it. That's for me. That's for me. I'll get even with you guys next week. We'll work that out. Here's a sensitive one. I can refuse to give 10% of my money to God because it's my money. Well, number one, it isn't your money. Everything you have is a gift from God. Could I hear an amen? The Bible tells us that everything is his. He just gave it as a loan. We're stewards. Here's what you say, well, I'm not like into that kind of stuff. Well, here's what Malachi says. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, God, how did we rob you? In tithes and offerings. Now, this is a difficult one. In our churches in the United States, pretty much it's always been and it stays there. 90% plus of Christians, born-again Christians, never give 10% to God. And it also says, if you will, he'll bless the socks off you. But we don't believe it. Our mind is selfish. Next. Big one that I'll talk about often, I do here, and obviously the holidays. I will be in heaven because I'm a good person, actually better than most. But outside this room, that's the most common thing you'll hear around the world. We did a survey many years ago. I'll be in heaven because I'm a good person. Well, you know, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, no, it's not by good works. Let any man boast. Impossible. Only forgiven people go to heaven. Now, last one. I can run my own life without any help from God. But again, remember what you did before you became a Christian. That's what you thought. What we think, we become. Here's the scripture. Jeremiah 10, 23. I know, O Lord, that our lives are not our own. We are not able to plan our own course. So once we know the thought is not from God, what do I do with the thought? Some of these thoughts I just, what do I do with God? Step number three, write it down. Stop and reject the wrong thought. Once you know that what you're thinking isn't from God, it's not biblical, it's not moral, I take the thought captive and I remove it from my mind. Now remember, you can't think two thoughts at the same time. So when I remove it, if I'm thinking wrong, I can't be thinking right. 
So I remove it. I get it out of my mind. I stop and reject the thought. I, I don't do that just by myself. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You'll see that next week. By his divine power, God helps us. He's the spirit of truth. The only way I can combat that lie, that thing that came there, either from my flesh or from the world or from Satan, is to say, God, I need you to help me. I reject that thought. It isn't your truth. You have the living word of God to help you do it. And Step number four, write it down this morning. Then I replace the wrong thought with God's thought, the word of God. See, God does not want your mind to be empty, this empty slate waiting to be filled up with some kind of idle idle thought. He wants our thoughts to be on him and his will. So I don't leave my mind empty. That's why, again, another huge important thing is to get into a 15-minute, at least 15 minutes a day, in the Word of God. Read the Word with a devotional to help you. You're kind of programming your mind. You're renewing your mind. You're understanding how God thinks. He communicates with our minds, and God changes us by changing the way we think. Now, I want to give you a, 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 a kind of a summary of how this looks. Write this verse down, if you would. I'm going to read it to you this morning. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 30, 19. Deuteronomy, Old Testament, 30, 19. Now watch what God says to these people. And he's saying it to you and me every day, believers and unbelievers. Listen to all of our campuses. Here we go. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you, watch this, life and death, blessings and curses. Then God says this, please, Choose life so I can bless you. It says this. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. What is that verse all about? Other than being born, that is the greatest gift that God has given you and me. It's a gift of free will. See, when those thoughts come, I can either say, good, I'll just act on it, or I'm going to reject it. Free will. God says right here, I want to do life with you. I want your life because the way you think, you're, notice, the way you think, it's going to affect your children and your grandchildren. Parents, this is huge. They're watching. And so God says, please choose life. Don't choose death. Please choose blessings. Don't choose cursing. Now, who would ever choose to die without God and be cursed your whole life? Nobody except people that are deceived into thinking they're good enough to go to heaven without choosing God. That's what Satan does. He's the great deceiver. Now, when you begin to think about that, understand God will give you the power, even as an unbeliever, to think right. And in your minds this morning, there's unbelievers and there's people that have walked away from God here in our services And in your minds, things are rolling. There's thoughts from God. I love you. Choose life this morning. There's thoughts from Satan. You walked away from God. He's not interested in you. You know the things you did? He won't forgive you of that. All those things are, they're going on right now. And there's some of you are thinking this. Separation from God forever. Hell, I don't want that. What what do I have to do? Ah, that's not really true. It's not going to happen. We all just die and we just die. See, those thoughts are always going through our minds. Now, when you see the end of this, let me show you one thing. And this, is, this is, could be an amen to all of us this morning. Here's the last thing here. With God's help, I can choose to think right. I can choose with God's help. Not by myself. You know, positive thinking is fantastic. But positive thinking doesn't do this. I need God's help to think right. 
Peter says it like this. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. God, I choose your word, your truth, instead of these wrong thoughts. Psalm 119, how can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to the word of God. So I can choose to get into God's word on a daily basis and let him reprogram, renew my thinking to think like the Bible thinks, the principles of the word of God. Now, I'm going to do something this morning that I've never done, and we're just going to do it a little differently. I'm going to give you five or six ways to think. You don't need to write them down. I'm going to give you the little heading, how to think right. Then I'm going to tell you the verse, and then we're all going to read it together out loud. So I'm kind of giving you a little primer into the Word of God so we'll know how it is. So we start with the first one. All of our campuses, get ready. Now, when I mean out loud, I don't mean like this. I mean out loud. You know how to read. So here we are. Here's what we're going to read. Choose exciting thoughts. We find this truth from God in Philippians 4.13. Here we go. All of our campuses, ready. For I can do how much? Everything through Christ who gives me strength. Now, in every one of these, I wrote a little commentary. Yesterday, I wrote commentary about this. All through the Bible, we see people doubting they can do what God has called them to do. But when God calls you to step out in faith, step out in faith and never listen to Satan who will say to you, you can't do it. So wherever you're at, when God calls you to do something, he'll empower you to do it. That's amazing. That, that's an exciting thought. I don't know what's next for me. I just want to say yes to God. And you can do it with that kind of a thought. Next, choose freedom thoughts. Psalm 119, verses 30 and 32. All of our campuses, out loud, read it. This is the living word of God. Here we go. I have chosen the way of truth. I have set my heart on your laws. I hold fast to your statues. Oh, Lord, do not let me be put to shame. Now, here's the exciting part. A little excitement in your voice as we read this now. Here we go. I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. Can I hear an amen somewhere there? See, now, understand what this is saying. Most people would say this. Well, if I follow God, boring, miserable, heartache, die a pauper, no excitement in life. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Serving God is the most exciting lifestyle in all the world. It makes you a person. It gives you fulfillment. I run in the path of his commands. That goes totally against Satan. Well, if you do that, just kiss your life goodbye. No, welcome to real abundant life. Next, choose secure thoughts. Philippians 1, 6. Let's read it together. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. You're going to learn next weekend that Satan loves to just give us doubting words and condemning words all the time. And some people worry about their salvation all the time. Don't worry about your salvation. If you've asked God to come into your heart and you're pursuing him, we're never going to be perfect. That's why we have First John 1 now. We can, but if you're pursuing him, God knows it. Go for it. Now, if you're playing around with God 
and you became a Christian a long time ago, but you're not pursuing God, I, I want to share with you this morning, you probably never became a believer. See, when you choose God, there'll be a change in your life. Oh, you won't be perfect, but there'll be change. No change, no salvation. So, Pastor Mark, don't you dare say that. I'd rather say it to you now while you have a chance to change. So I can be secure. God will finish what he started. You didn't start it, and he'll finish it. He's all-powerful. Next, choose purposeful thoughts. Ephesians 2.10, let's read it. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has gifted you. You're adequate. You're useful. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. You've been chosen to bear much fruit. We've been gifted and empowered to simply do good works. Way to go. Keep it up. Keep serving. Keep God in the center of your life and just do what he asks you to do. That's where fulfillment comes. The last one this morning is this. Choose peaceful thoughts. Isaiah 26.3. Let's read it. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. Now watch this. All whose thoughts are fixed on the television, on you. You know, there's some of you here this morning you realize that peace is the opposite of fear. You're fearful this morning. There's a physical thing. There's a mental thing. There's a relational thing. You don't know how it works out. Don't allow the enemy to bring you down. Notice what it says. Whose thoughts are fixed on God. The all-knowing, the nothing is impossible God is for you. He's not against you this morning. You can walk out of this room this morning with shalom, completeness, rest, safety, tranquility, wholeness, and toll away me. That's the peace of God that passes all understanding. And it comes from the word of God. Don't think fearful thoughts. Think peaceful thoughts that come from God. Now, I want to ask you a question. Going to be good. I know some of you are thinking, can I sneak out here? I'll watch you. I'm thinking too. Let me ask you a question this morning. All of our campuses, how did you get where you are today with the people you know, the relationships you have? How in the world did you get where you are today? There's an amazing quote. You ought to write it down. You can get it on the web if you don't have time now. But I want you to see this quote from James Allen. I'm going to say it twice because it's so powerful. You are today where your thoughts have brought you. You will be tomorrow where your thoughts take you. See, You and I got here by the thoughts that we made. Some of you got here with divorces and all kind of stuff. All of us got here with things we wish we wouldn't have done. All of us. But we're here and God's a gracious God. He takes us where we're at. But look at the second half of this. You will be tomorrow where your thoughts take you. Satan has a goal for you tomorrow. To be useless in the kingdom of God. Just to play at church. For you unbelievers, oh, he's got a goal for you. He wants to keep you in his kingdom, not to change kingdoms, not to have your mind renewed, not to think like God and end up and choose life and blessings instead of death and curses. See, you will end up kind of a summary of your thoughts. I can choose my destiny. That's the gift that God gave you and God gave me. The biggest battlefield is the battle of our minds. Satan's attacks are unrelenting. We've learned that we don't have to fight this battle by ourselves. God has given us His Word and His Holy Spirit to battle with Satan. We can choose to set our minds on destructive thoughts from Satan or thoughts from God that are exciting, 
secure, purposeful, and peaceful. Through Christ, our minds can have freedom. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The title of today's message is The Battle for Our Minds. Or if you'd like, you can just remember today's date when you order. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living when Pastor Mark shows us the weapons Satan will use against us. His thoughts are thoughts to destroy us, never to build us up and encourage us. He will use every stronghold to have us doubt God and His love for us. Join us for this very needed message on how to defeat Satan with God's truth in His Word. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from our series entitled Living in Two Worlds, Visible and Invisible. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Let us hear your lessons for this.